home. It's where you build your legacy, where traditions are started, seeds are planted, meals are shared, and stories are told. We are Chris and Natalie Carpenter, owners of Story Real Estate, and our team of top agents helps people find homes in Moscow, Idaho, and around the country. Have you thought about a move? Contact us to get connected with a top agent who shares your values and puts your family first. Or reach out to us about our Moscow Relocation Guide. Wherever you're looking to go, we can help you find home. Call us at Story Real Estate or visit us at storyrealestate.com and start building your legacy. Well, they called me a one-hit wonder, a flash in the pan, better sign on the line while you still can. We'll give you four tour buses and a five-piece band. They'll be shouting your name all over the land, but that ain't me. Ooh. Did they, did they make you that offer too, Andrew? They, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You should hear me sing. It's amazing. Oh, that's right. He wants freedom. He don't want that. Tour bus world. Over my head. A good-hearted woman lying in my bed. Some damn good fellas, they call me a friend. That old double barrel that my granddad. That's right. Oh, shit. Wow. Oh, what'd you do? Uh, you didn't let him finish. <laughs> you killed me. <laughs> oh, you missed the best hook. double barrel that my granddad did. And if it's the Lord's will, then I will. But if it ain't. It's just a short. I gotta finish it. You gotta watch the rest later. That's apparently all over Anthony's latest. uh, He's dropped what two songs on Spotify and iTunes, and he's making. I heard like forty thousand dollars a day just on these two songs. Yeah, so so do I. (laughs) (laughs) On your two songs, my two songs. (laughs) Your boy's a problem. Your boy's a problem. Everybody's tried to claim him. Yeah, and he's like, I ain't for sale. Yeah, right. And you can't buy me for sure. And so yeah, I I got my freedom. And you know what? I wrote this song for you. He's singing at them. Right, singing at them. them. You made me offers, and I said no. Wow. This is the most. But co- it's, it's kind of cool, right? Because you now have the technology where someone doesn't do have to that. sign with a big That's right. whatever. You just can have a podcast in a weird building yeah. and have it do really well, yeah. even yeah. though you just have yeah. these guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. It's, welcome to Cross Politics. <laughs> I think you were talking about us. No, no. Oh, okay. Not at all. Page 50 is a distinctly Christian marketing company striving to help Christian owned businesses grow and succeed. In our digital age, they don't want to just make a paycheck like Oliver Anthony. They want to change the world. And that means building it alongside you. The mission is bigger than just Sunday. Page 50 wants to help Christians recapture the work week, economic and political influence, and the public square. Page 50 doesn't work with just anybody, but if you're a believer, they want to work with you. So visit page50.com. You got to spell it out. P-A-G-E-F-I-F-T-Y dot com and see what they can do for you. That's page 50 dot com. Their, their logo is confusing. Yeah. Their, I'm just going to say this right now. Hey, uh, the, the CEO uh, sent some gifts for you guys. Oh. There you go. I don't know which one you which want. Which one do you want? You can, you, you first choice. Uh, you can first choice. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, I appreciate right. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not for your guests. What do they call yeah, these guests? Yeah, no, no, no. Is this a koozie? Is that what they call this thing? Koozie. Koozie? 
There we go. That's for our guests. There we go. You can have that. You can have that. No, they don't get missed. No, no, he's one. He's one. That's for you. Wait, wait, wait. He's he's from Louisiana. Oh, yes. Gives him black and seasoning. Yes, is that the black and seasoning? Yes, thank you. It's a Cajun. Yes, thank you. Whoa, whoa. Pass it down. No, these are all I live in Moscow, Idaho. I need this. No. Okay, I'm going to uh, stay at room temperature here for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I brought this you guys exactly the way it was before. <laughs> the name of the name of this seasoning's behavior damn self. Oh, seasoning. I brought it. a I few things for the guys. I didn't have an opportunity to hand them out at Gabe's party. Fun seasonings, a little page 50 swag. Hand it to them or keep it yourself. Oh man, I should have read this uh, before. No. IDs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Love, you, love you, Stuart. Thank yeah. you very much. Just check out page50.com. We're very grateful to have with us on the show today. A- Andrew, this is. I'm sorry. This is get, beginning to become a habit. I, 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 I think yeah. um, the fourth member of Crossbow. <laughs> Andrew is an elder at Christ Church, he's the CEO of Red Balloon. And is venturing into housing development to bring affordable housing to Moscow. Um, and um, and he is working currently on the Eddington Estates, sure. um, which uh, you can find at eddingtonestates.com, actually. Which is cool. Yeah, which I, I found for you last time. <laughs> on live. Uh, on live on the show, <laughs> yeah, right. since you didn't know. We're also grateful to have Mr. Levi Wintz. He's the director of operations at Wintz Company. Uh, which is another local development company seeking to raise the bar for what is expected in home building through outstanding neighborhood design and execution. And they are currently uh, building a new housing development in town, woodburymosco.com, woodburymosco.com. So eddingtonestates.com, woodburymosco.com. Levi, uh, thanks for coming on Cross Baltic. Thanks for having me. This is your first time. This is my first time. (laughs) Uh, We have a hazing process here. (laughs) And and to be clear, I'm a hack when it comes to housing. They know what he they know what they're doing. No. So just so you know. Okay. Well, we think we know what we're doing. Yeah, for sure. So um, I'd like to hear from both of you a little bit, though. D- starting with, um, you are both thoughtful Christians. You're intelligent Christian men. And, and I want to know, how is your theology uh, impacting your work in, in housing development? I don't know who wants to go first, but mm. one of you. Um, mm. uh, Andrew, you're first. Okay, fine. Because you've been uh, here before. He's been here before. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I see housing as hospitality at scale, right? Mm. Um, because you are creating a spot where people are going to raise their family, where they're going to build a culture for their family. And so um, housing, whether it's apartments, and I own a number of buildings downtown Moscow um, that we have. Including the one our studio's in. And yeah, including yeah. the studio, yeah. right? Uh-huh. It's an it's an opportunity to welcome someone into your building and your it's hospitality. And so, so Christians should be striving for um, dominion in this area of physical space, whether it's buildings or housing, housing developments, yeah. because it is an opportunity to preach the gospel in the way that you take care of people. So, for instance, mm. um, there's a lady at a hair salon that's in one of my buildings, yeah. and she goes to bat for Christ Church constantly because she's like, this is maybe the nicest landlord that I've ever had. Uh-huh. I don't know why you're beating up that church so much, right? Wow. And so, but you have an opportunity. Like, you know, we give Christmas gifts to all of our tenants who are in our buildings. And not you guys, because you're fine. Yeah. Sure. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. That's what we've been here, we've been here for a month. <laughs> <laughs> How long have we been here? When you start paying your rent, you get a Christmas present. That's the way it works. No oh. big deal. Uh, anyway. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. We don't need that Christmas present. You've been giving us Christmas. 
Christmas yeah, gifts yeah, for, yeah, a long, for a long time. Let's, let's be clear. Let's yeah, be clear. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah, be clear. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, there's there's a, there's a way that you can preach the gospel. So Eddington is the is the development that I'm doing, and yeah. it was kind of one of those things where it's like, look, we need housing. We need market driven affordable housing, not government driven affordable housing. Ooh, ooh, yeah. And so, how do I? Um, do everything I can to try and bring the prices down of lots of houses, et cetera, and so forth. But I also want them to be distinctly Christian in the way that I structure the development. So Mm -hmm. it's called Eddington because Eddington's the name of a battle where Alfred the Great beat back the barbarian hordes to save Christian England. So... And it's called Eddington Estates because it's affordable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> Good point. Uh, Eddington is the housing development. Eddington Estates is a is the higher end part of the oh, housing okay. development. Oh, okay, so okay, okay. legitimate point. <laughs> <laughs> so Eddington. So that's really what we're trying to accomplish. And then we have things like an alley system because I want front doors to be front doors, right? You look at yep. a lot of America is dominated by these snout houses where it's like, here's our garage. I hope you can yeah. find the front door. Welcome to our garage. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. And that's welcoming to cars, but not to people. <laughs> right. And so we want to be welcoming to people. And so yeah. uh, we're, we're, we're trying to say, look, if there's an alley system, then cars, garages, trash, that can all go in the back. Front doors can be front doors. Yeah. There's a lot of studies that show that you're going to drive more um, local traffic to the alley system. Therefore, you're going to build more community because you can be out in the street. You can meet people. It's not just a highway, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's what we're stri- striving to do. We're working yeah. really hard at it. But um, yeah, there you go. That's what I'm working on. Levi, uh, same question. How How is your theology impacting what you guys are doing in housing development? Yeah, well, I think that Andrew, Andrew said a lot of it. Like we as as Christian developers, we should be thinking about yeah, taking taking dominion over the world, um, and creating in the image of our Creator. Developers more than more than anyone else, I would argue, have the opportunity to greatly affect how humans live. Mm. It's developers mm-hmm. who who are building everything. Architects work for the developer. So the developer says, "Hey, this is either going to be pretty, or it's or you know, I'm just want a box. You know, and the architect's going to do it." Cities respond to the developers. Builders work for the developers. They're just going to build mm. the plans that are there. So developers are really the people that are that are visioning, you know, how our built environment is is growing and affecting us. And I think that's one thing that we want to be doing with Woodbury is uh, we we want to see Moscow continue to grow. We've we've greatly benefited from Moscow. We love Moscow. Uh, my dad, my family, myself, and uh, we want more people to be able to experience that. And we want to be thoughtful in how we continue to develop that, doing it in a doing it in a sustainable, b- beautiful way that really enhances people's living. So I liked a lot of things that Andrew is saying because as the developer, you have the opportunity to influence people's everyday lives. You get to influence, you know, how they live in their house, the routines that they have, how their kids grow up, the parks that they go to or don't go to, the amenities they get to use, the uh, social outlets they they get to use, and so it's really a holistic approach of thinking about how do we create a human centric environment that's really benefiting whoever moves into this place. I think as Christian developers, the the main thing I would say is, do you have a mentality of taking or giving? Because there's a lot of there's a lot of developers out there that have this kind of rape and pillage mindset of there's a lot of equity here for me to grab. They'll come in, they'll do a project, and they 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 take their their money and they leave. And a couple of years later, it, the the project is faceless. It's it's not really no no one takes pride in it anymore. Mm-hmm. So as Christians, knowing that we're we're trying to build things that last, 
How do we go in and, and, and instead of taking equity, give it, build it, make sure that there's value there that's going to last beyond just you know, the money you're going to make while you're doing it. You have to make money as a developer or else you can't keep doing it, right, you know, right. but, uh, that should be our, that should be our main point. It is, it is really a ministry in that sense of how can I better other people's lives, um, and, and create value. Are there some practical things that you're thinking about in terms of like, <laughs> that are high priorities for your guys's work? Like that might, again, in addition to just making room for people to come to Moscow, you're also trying to impact the community and like let's let's mm-hmm. shepherd people this direction or are there practical things that you guys are really wanting to prioritize absolutely um we'll probably touch on this later but all housing in one sense is affordable housing just by giving supply to the market you know so correct uh the woodbury product definitely is it's it's probably middle middle to upper class we're trying to provide uh uh product types for all demographics so we have cottages, you know, there are 1500 square feet and townhomes all the way up to estates and, and half acre lots and that type of thing. Okay. But as far as what we're, what we're trying to provide, uh, this is a little, little history lesson here, but going back about a hundred years, everyone throughout human history, well, this is longer than a hundred years. We're younger. A hundred years right. at the beginning history. of time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People have people have lived in lived in cities, and that's that's really where the growth has happened. There's been nomadic tribes, but cities is where is that? And then with the invention of the car and the industrialization of the of the yeah. cities, um, cities started to become places you didn't really want to live in. I mean, talk about serious actual environmental concerns. <laughs> there, yeah. There's a lot of toxins and stuff like that, and cities started um, working to zoning, and because of the car, it allowed people to start moving out into the suburbs. Right. Suburbs became a thing. Zoning became a thing. Uh, and that was that was great. I mean, it really, from the 40s, started in the 30s and from the yeah. 40s on, I mean, for the last 80 years, we've just been booming in the suburban sprawl. Zoning was great? The, well, no. The, <laughs> the, there there, <laughs> there are aspects of zoning yeah. that, that were helpful. There's a lot of aspects of zoning that, that weren't great. Yeah. But um, that suburban sprawl has allowed you know, us to grow in the way that we've grown. But I think 80 years later, we can look back at, okay, there's, this is kind of a low quality of life. We're so car dependent. We, we've, we've allowed the car to dominate you how we build a, and design so and engineer. You spend so much time in the car. You spend so much time in the car. And Not so, in the house. <clears throat> so yeah. yeah. And so what, what we're trying to do is, is bring that back to how can, how do humans actually want to live in mm-hmm. Moscow, it's not it's not that hard. I mean, you know, you're in a five minute drive of anywhere. You don't spend a ton of time in the car, but even still, how do you lessen your trips every single day? So there's a there's a school of thought called new urbanism, and and one of the one of the designs is tradition. It's called traditional neighborhood development, and that's what we're doing at Woodbury. It's the idea of you wanna you want everything that you really need within a five minute walk. So people. We'll, we'll go to work, they go to work, um, they go to home, and then they usually have one other place. It's kind of like a social outlet. Sometimes it's church for people, but oftentimes it's the pub down the street, the coffee shop, whatever it is. They can go somewhere and meet someone. They need they need groceries. They need milk and eggs. And so uh, we got approved by the city of Moscow to do a, a central business district. It's in the middle of Woodbury. And we have everything designed to be walkable, front porch communities, rear loaded, taking the cars off the streets and really making a pedestrian dominant uh, environment so that pedestrians, you know, encouraging people being 
active and walking around. So that's one way that you enhance yeah. people's lives, just, sure. just like that. Making sure that they spend less time in the car so they can get everything they need right there. Uh, and I'd say that I'd say the other aspect of that is just, you know, really you can inspire people with design and, and, and architecture. We, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a lot easier to look at the negative effects, but look at any public housing project, you know, there's a gray faceless yeah. void building and, and at that, the, the people that live there take that identity. Mm. There's, there's no pride. There's no purpose. You yeah. know, that might as well just throw graffiti on the wall and throw trash on the ground. And, it made it look better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, add a little color. Yeah. I mean, that's what they're trying to do. Right. But, you, but humans, I, I think getting back to the theology of there's there's a development aspect that we can talk about, and then the theology of just housing and home. You know, people people want a home. Homes are good things, uh, and they really show our identity. You, I think you can be prideful about it, but also it's it's inspiring. It's like this is where I live. I want to make this home. People have that tendency. Yeah. For sure. Uh, how do I mean? You guys are giving thought to this. I think Levi, you already touched on this. Uh, how are most people thinking about housing developments, yeah. and how how's that kind of contrast with? I mean, I mean, maybe you don't know most housing developers, but I, I mean, I know you touched on like some of them are just grab, you know, build and grab. Um, is, is that the norm? Uh, I'll I'll start, and you can go. Um, I think that uh, there's two approaches. There's the demand approach of mm. housing is we're, we're in a housing crisis. We've been in a, a housing shortage since 2008 because people just stopped building. We're probably going to be in a housing shortage for, for decades to come. Are you saying particularly mm. in Moscow or nationwide? Nation, nationwide. nationwide okay. and, why did, why did and they Moscow. stop building in 2008? There, there is some the, concern the about the market. Yeah, yeah. The, the downturn of the economy. But, um, people okay, were yeah, overbuilding. I've, I've, people were overbuilding leading up to 2008. Right. They yeah. were overbuilding. But for context, so last year, there were 2 million new households created. So people moving out yeah. to the point that they should be able to buy a house, move into a house, whatever. And there was 1.4 million houses built. built. Okay. So what was I'm it like no in 2007? <laughs> But there's a gap there of a lot. Uh-huh. And that's been happening for years. Um, and so in 1975, the average cost of a house was two and a half times the average income of an American. Okay. Two and a half times, right? Yeah. So you earn $100,000, it's two and a half times that. Yeah. Not that bad. Today, today, it's like eight times, yeah. right? So housing yeah. is now unachievable for many Americans. And in fact, more than 25% of Gen Xers, I think that's the right gen, one of the, one of the gens, yeah. um, 25% believe that they will never own a house and never build equity. Well, that changes your <laughs> mindset fundamentally, yeah. right? Why not eat, drink, and be merry and go out and spend $30 on a cocktail? Because you, what are you saving for? You're, paying You're not a mortgage. saving yeah. for anything. Right. Yeah. Right. You're not yeah. saving for a down payment because you don't think you'll ever... Yeah. get there. Right. right. And then of course, you know, on the political side, you have the black rocks and the state streets that are buying up housing all over yeah. the country and then mm-hmm. renting it to people. Cause they don't want them to build equity because the middle class is dangerous to the controlling class. More Oliver Anthony. Please. And then, yeah. and then one of the other things that happened in 2008, because, because the market crashed and people stopped building for a little bit, the trades just got decimated. So, yeah. so since 2008, no one's been going into the trades. You know, very little people have been going into the trades. And what happened, why we see, one of the reasons why we see housing prices where they're at is that when COVID hit and there was so much demand on, on labor and the trades, for the first time, trades didn't adjust their pricing since 2008. 
And for the first time, they're like, oh, wow, we, we can adjust like, their like, we're going to adjust. Yeah. And they just, you know, went up, whatever to, want. went up 50%. And, and people, I think, are really mad about what, why don't you build more affordable housing and that type of thing. The carpenters and plumbers aren't going to be changing their prices. Their, their no. prices are set now. It's going to take a long time until trades get built back up and competition begins for those prices to start going down. And material prices have really balanced out. So I don't see a great reset in, in housing prices coming anytime soon. So you're saying, mm. though, that the skyrocketing, skyrocketing housing prices are, are largely due to scarcity. Correct. In number of houses that are available because they weren't being mm -hmm. built and because you have scarcity in terms of skilled workers, knowledge, <laughs> being able to do the plumbing, do the electricity, yeah. electricity, do the framing, do the roofing. Well, and, and then, you know, 2020 COVID. Yeah. Hit, right, and right. then they told everyone to stop working. Right. So he stopped housing sure. production. Then they stopped. Right. You remember cost of building prices went. Yeah. Way well, there's up. a stigma, a stigma around these blue collar jobs, right? Sure. People, yeah. people don't want to go into plumbing or right. framing or, and and those are great jobs. Yeah. yeah. Those are and really while we're jobs. at MZ, that's all we that's all we push to the colleges is like do more trades. <laughs> we like, need wow. welders we need for them. crying yeah. out loud. Yeah. yeah. My and wife has said for years that if if the pastoring thing doesn't work out, I could become a plumber and I would call it sump pump. <laughs> oh, Sumter, oh, sump pump. It. it was yeah. a joke, right? Yeah. Sump pump. Yeah. Is that a joke? She's oh, is that a joke? Okay. I think she's serious. <laughs> she's she's compared what they make to what I'm, and, and then they're like, it's pretty good. Pastor. Yeah. And, I was about to make an impressive joke, and I didn't. Well, <laughs> yeah. Actually, we do, a, we do a lot of the same thing. That's my job on my show. Do not come. I know. I know. I made we, that joke in my head. Yeah. <laughs> we all got there. Sorry. No, 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 no. It's all good. Just. Finishing this point, yeah. I think we got off your original question. No, it's fine. Just, just fin finish the, the point. point. No, do whatever we want. We have affordable housing. Levi, Levi's holding us accountable right now. We built an 1,100 square foot house back in, we started in 2020, sold it for $280,000. Pretty affordable at the time. Mm -hmm. um, now, two years later, we built the same house. We sold it for three ninety nine, and we probably made same, if not less, profit on it. Wow. That's right. Wow. That's right. That is insane. You wow. said 1,100 square foot? Yeah. yeah. So it went up $120,000 in about trailer. a year and a half. <laughs> right. With no new value for sure. right, to the size yeah. of the house right. or whatever. Yeah. You yeah. Know. Right. Yeah. No. Wow. No. And, and, and part of this, there's, there's, um, and, and there, are, and I'm going to give a shout out. There are people at the city of Moscow, even Mayor Betke mm -hmm. is a big fan of Eddington housing development. And they, um, regardless of motivations and alignment of incentives, they have worked hard to try and make this thing happen. Yeah. Like they really have yeah. that being said, you know, you look at, you read Milton Friedman, there is a misalignment of incentives whenever you have government that is large and involved, involved in things, right? Yes. Uh -huh. um, it, it, no matter how good your intentions are as a, as a city employee, right? That yeah. being said, there's a study that says somewhere between 20 and 25% of every house is government regulation and oversight, yeah. right? Ah. Because that just slows things down. Yep. And, you know, when you have that slowdown because they don't have the same skin in the game that you do, um, that costs real money. And so that's, right. that's part of it. But also, yes, material costs are up. Uh, labor costs are up. Um, it, that's just the cost of a house. These well, days. and then the other part of this is property taxes. When you guys start mm -hmm. your development for sure. Yep. And then you, you take this 80 acre piece of property. And then as soon as you start defining the lots, you start getting charged on taxes. Yep. And then, so you're paying taxes for, you know, six months, a year or whatever, while it's being built before you can actually sell the house. I mean, mm -hmm. imagine if, uh, it's it, property taxes are wicked, but this is just absolutely 
the wickedest part of property taxes. When, when imagine if you went to Rosar's or the local grocery store and the milk cartons, the milk was taxed while it was on the shelf, right? Mm-hmm. While, while it was on the shelf and it sat there getting taxed every day until someone bought it. Right. And, and then the, another tax. And, and the way that, and, the way that it works. And I've explained this. A lot of people are involved in the project. Like, okay, so I'm doing a hundred houses yeah. and every time you charge me a hundred thousand dollars more than I was planning to budget for this project. Yep. Yeah the houses just went up by a thousand dollars, right? It's That's simple right. economics, right. Right. right? right. That's just how it works. And so when you pay you gotta property taxes, costs. Yeah. you got to recover the cost because um, I don't look good without a shirt on. So I don't want to lose my shirt. Right. <laughs> right. And, and, and where you started, you really, I mean, you can't help, you're not helping anybody either, right? No. Like, you, cause you can't yeah. do this right. again. That's right. Right. And so, we need you to be able to do this again. So we can sure. have housing, right? Yeah. So the government important. taxes all this inventory before you sell it. Right. Yeah. As it's sitting on the shelf, right. As your each of your lot are sitting on the shelves, you know, you know, for uh, sure. What? Uh, uh, how much is it for a lot right now? To t- what's your monthly property taxes on one lot? Oh, I, d- I don't know. We we haven't gotten taxed yet. It's going to be this next year. Yeah. I will say, yeah. just to your point, City of Moscow has been incredible, and even mm-hmm. working with the the tax assessor's office, I sat down with them, and they were very. I. I would say generous from their perspective in the sense of oh, yeah. Neg- oh, yeah. negotiating with them. No, the tyrant, like, the tyrant's they're always evil. They're good people trying yeah. to do yeah, the yeah, right yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah. you asked, what what are people wanting to get out of this? And I think there's there's yeah. two approaches. There's one, there's a lot of demand on the market. So you could, you, just, you could come out and you could just pump out the same design over and over and over and over again. People are going to buy it because they need to buy it. You're going to make your profit. But I think as Christians going in, and this is more uh, from George Gilder's side of things, the the supply side economics. Right. Supplying, one of the things we're trying to do is supply something to the market that doesn't actually exist yet mm. and trying to tell people this is better yeah. and you want this because right. it's going to yeah. enhance your lives. Mm. Yeah, right. We want to we make people's lives better. We want to make it more simple. There's an HOA that takes care of maintenance and stuff so that you don't have to be doing, you know, you don't have to shovel every single morning when it snows and mow, mow your lawn. You know, there's, there's, that's, being taken care of you, and I think it frees people up to to be more human, do do other things. Another Gilder saying is like humans' best and highest use is being creative. So allowing other people to do that, and then also doing that ourselves as developers, being creative and how we can better people's lives. One of the things I've always appreciated about your dad in particular, but mm-hmm. I I trust is in you. <laughs> is, is I gave it to him. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. Oh. I mean, your dad's going to watch this. Your dad dad loves to make things beautiful. Yeah. I mean, that's just everybody that knows Mark knows that he cares about um, what it looks like. I mean, it's like French beautiful. French, French, well, which, which is actually beautiful. I don't know. Like, is there, like, I mean, they, they kind of lead Frenchmen. the way. Uh, French guys. Um, but um, your dad uh, built my mother-in-law's house. Mm. Um, before uh, my father-in-law passed away from cancer a few years ago and um, did an amazing job and um, you know had a particular design. There was some um, customization in there. My mother-in-law loves it. Um, it it's, it's perfect um, for her. Your, your father also actually helped me pick out our land that we bought oh, where, really? where we built our house. Um, I actually, I was talking to him one day, we were looking for land and, he's, and he offered to just take a drive with me. And we looked at three different plots and he and he was literally like i I was i wasn't sure what i was gonna do and and he got to the land that we ended up building on and he said oh toby this is fantastic he loved it 
Oh, and, I, and that meant a lot. It was like, yeah. I went home and I was if like, Mark Jenny, likes it. I was saying, <laughs> Mark <laughs> really likes this. And I explained the, the thinking and everything. There was one plot out near Andrew, and we didn't like that no, one at all. No, it no. was underwater, basically. It was downhill <laughs> from Andrew. <laughs> but, and I have a cannon. Potato launcher. I got to know, you came in here with a little booklet, and I was like, what's in the book? Like, like what's in the book? <laughs> what's in the book? <laughs> we've, been, we've been talking about it. Did I you mean, already tell us everything? I just. No. Okay. What else? Yeah, what else in the book? Stuff. Um, ooh, where to where to even start? I don't know. You got paper. What, what, what else do we need to know about? <laughs> Note to self: okay, Never bring okay. notes to the show. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what's. I'm nosy. Here, you can use my. Yeah, yeah. This well, chicken scratch. First, I want to plug plug Mark because he he really is fantastic, and of course, all all that I am is is yeah. because of him. You know, we we I ask him questions about this type of stuff every single day, and he's. He's really passionate about what he's doing, and you know he's given that to all his kids. Yeah. Um, my sisters are the architects for yeah. what we're doing. Your yeah. sisters did yeah. the drawings yeah. for my house. Yeah. 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 It's a good system yeah. he's created. Yeah. So, um, and and it, he comes from an approach where he's like, you know, probably to a fall, he's like doesn't think about the financial side of it. He's just like, <laughs> just you know, yeah. if we build beautiful. something beautiful, it will yeah. you know yeah. it will come. It'll, like that's our primary focus and. Yeah. It has to make money, but that's not that's not why we're doing what we're doing. And so, um, that's yeah. absolutely true. That's absolutely yeah. true. And, and and sometimes you know you are you do have to come back and say, well, but this is all, this is all I've got. Yeah. <laughs> this is all I've got. But, but the 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 way to make the most amount of money probably is to have a sea of linoleum and vinyl yeah. and right. just have a horrible, ugly thing that right. people have to buy because right. they don't have a choice yep. and not really care about mm-hmm. them. And I think that's the 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 part of the story is. The best profit is the profit for your soul when you create a beautiful place for someone to live. Yeah, and when I, you do that well, it makes it a big difference for them. I, Christians, I think, generally, over the last hundred years, as we've been more and more beleaguered by unbelief, like c- culturally, yeah. we've been hemmed in in many respects. I would say have done the best, probably, at, at having putting up something of a fight when it comes to truth. Yep, a little bit in terms of goodness, and we've sucked at beauty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, for sure. and yeah. many Christians, many Christians will even say, why, why does it even matter? I mean, isn't, isn't the point just to get souls to heaven? Right. And like, mm-hmm. w- w- I mean, a cardboard box will do. I mean, maybe a little bit of insulation, but like, I mean, really like, why are you, as long as you don't die <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> right. In, so, in a place to hang our TVs. So why, why, <laughs> why should Christians care about beauty? Why should Christians put extra money? Like you could give that money to the poor. And why why should they care about you know doing a, a, a extra you know a, a brick backsplash or you know something that's like costs way more money? They could have just done linoleum, and right. you put hardwood floors in that thing. Well, if we you know want to follow our creator, um, you know wildflowers are the biggest waste, <laughs> right? Yeah. They really are. Like why why does God throw these wild like we don't eat? It's them? just gonna burn. It's just gonna burn. <laughs> like what what's the point right. of doing that? But God loves beauty. Um, And we see it through all of creation. So we should be following that. And we should be very thoughtful about how do we build community through the houses? How do we bless people who are living in the houses? And and by his grace, we as humans take joy in beauty. That's right. Also, he's given us that that capacity to be able to enjoy a beautiful sunset or, you know, architecture and design. They have natural laws that to us as humans look good. Symmetry looks good. You know, it's like... That that's something God created. Oh, okay. never forget oh, Francis Fugashan said that you know God made humans to enjoy food. Right. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. not like the horses another or French the cows. Guy. It's another like, French another guy. French guy. <laughs> another yeah, another French guy. <laughs> the, the cows 
get to chew grass. We get to eat steak, yeah. you know, with seasoning on it. In the same way, we get to enjoy yeah. beauty. God in a gave way. us eyes to yeah. see, and, and there's something. There's something about that symmetry. There's something about color. There's something about space. But it takes and, a lot and being of hard work. In his image. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Takes, it takes a lot of hard work, yeah. and I think it's easy to just be like, "Yeah, I want that." Mm. Like, okay, so what are you gonna do about it? You don't just. Like in any other thing in life, if you yeah. want to be good at it, you have to work really hard at it. Right. You yeah. need to study it. You need to right. not just assume that you can mm -hmm. pull off beauty because you read one book. You you have to really work hard right. at it. And so, you know, I've had to employ a lot of people because I am not the most artistic person ever. <laughs> <laughs> and so you just got to find people who are good at right. that stuff, right? And right. the winces are just naturally good at things. Right. Um, there is... Yeah, I'll I'll get to I'll get no no we'll we'll kick it off with this because it's um you, gotta go you know, we're supposed to no, let it be good. on earth as it is in heaven mm -hmm. and, and oh, we know good. we know the the streets of heaven are you Heaven's know paved not ugly. in gold oh no 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 <laughs> there's gonna be taking whiskey so, up there and so we should be thinking like what do the sidewalks in heaven look like you know it's like it's like yeah. there mm -hmm. there yeah. there is a design to them we know and we should be aspiring to be like that that's good that's really good and this comes to this comes to a round table that I actually wanted to bring up here because it's kind of it has to do with housing more so development but like urban renewal what should our what should our approach as christians be towards urban renewal because we know that cities are glorious we're we're going to be in the in the city of zion the new jerusalem right we're, we're supposed to be letting it be on earth as it is in heaven so when right. we look at seattle and san francisco and i oh. think a lot of christians and conservatives they're they're running away from these i mean just meltdown places yeah. right rightfully so you know our, our primary concern should be in protecting and caring for our families but looking back at it how do we how do we turn seattle into the new jerusalem how are how are we how are we we redeeming and renewing that yeah. and i think there's i think christians can be continued you know flooding out of these states and should in one regard be flooding out of these states and coming to idaho but you can come to idaho and you get you can get your little private idaho and your your you know, land out there and just remove yourself from all the culture and all, all the politics and everything that's going on. But humans innately are, are meant to be in community. That that's right. how God created us to be. So I don't think that that's the answer. I think you can ignore culture, but eventually it's going to end back up on your doorstep. So how do we, and you guys are doing it here on cross politic, engaging that thinking about how do we create a counterculture and how do we, we should be thinking with the mindset of redeeming and renewing. I mean, yeah. this is to a thousand generations. How how can we incrementally get back into these cities? Because I really think that's they're glorious. I mean, I mean, cities are cities are amazing, mm -hmm. the but, they're, but they're just and the people. And yeah. There's I, so yeah. much going wrong with them right now. I know. I, I yeah, that's a great. I love the question because I do think there is there is among some a kind of retreatist mentality, yeah, for sure, and a kind of like bunker. Mm -hmm. Prepper type mentality, or mm -hmm. in this uber agrarian, or, or we've thing. lost, or we feel like we've yeah. lost. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, and, kind of you know, and some people yeah. are called to be farmers, and so some people are called to For live sure. in in rural areas and and be the frontier people. But most people aren't. Right. Most people have to live in 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 closer community. Um, my short answer. I want to hear what you guys actually think. But uh, my short answer would be: um, I think uh, there's a whole bunch of people that need to stay in the cities. And where God has given them a place to work mm -hmm. and fight from. They have a solid church. They have a solid school. They have a business. And they need to stay and fight until God relieves them of duty. So yep. I, I want to give a word of encouragement to people who are still in Seattle, still in Portland, still in San Francisco, yeah. raising their family. They have a Christian school. Um, they have a thriving family, a thriving church community. Don't give up a square inch that God's given you. 
and make it beautiful there. Yeah. Amen. Make it make your front yard the most beautiful front yard Amen. on the street. Amen. Make your business the most excellent business in in, in the community. Um, make your church the you know all of that. But then I would say for those who don't have it and they need to regroup. What I would call this coming to Idaho or coming to other places where there is a thriving Christian community is a strategic retreat. Mm-hmm. A strategic retreat sure. is is to regroup to go somewhere where you you can fight from, not somewhere to hide. Right. Yep. And so right. then I would say the That's point right. is the way we are going to get ready to retake Seattle is by building beautiful things here. Yeah. And learning how to do and it. And learning yeah. how to do it. Yeah. Because yeah. a whole bunch of Christians haven't been making anything beautiful for decades. Yeah. Right. We're not good at telling stories. We are not good at making movies. We're not making anything beautiful. Our churches look like metal boxes. Like our churches, For like sure. the things yeah. where we're supposed yeah. to worship God in don't look beautiful, right. much less our houses. Like balls and our and so, balls. But yeah. I think that's why the work you guys are doing, encouraging that kind of thing, saying, you know, we are in the image of our maker. Um, we are to make it on earth as it is in heaven. Let's practice here. And and this is, you know, and then if God blesses it, he might get us ready for the big leads. Mm-hmm. He, he might, he mm-hmm. might bless for us sure. and give us opportunities to do it in bigger cities. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what'd you guys think? Um, I, I would add, this is where I think zoning goes really wrong. Um, what happens is in big cities, zoning mm-hmm. defines everything. And then yep. you in your house, you actually become dependent on the, the city zoning codes and infrastructure. Yep. You don't really own anything. You really don't even can't even bring a chicken into your backyard, and 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 then you become so dependent on this whole infrastructure around you. So you aren't an independent Christian in the city. Yeah, um, you're dependent on the, uh, um, you know, train that takes you to work and back. I mean, all the infrastructure that a city provides, and um, I think I think the zoning's probably one of the big culprits in all this. So Christians don't think independently in cities like like we should, uh, and then all the zoning, what it does is actually ends up just trying to maximize how to get large groups of people from one side to the other side of town. Yeah. So it has nothing to do with beauty and it all is like this functional, um, you know, machine yeah. that they've created in these cities. And so we've zapped out the life of what it means to be in a city and to be, able, you know, to be a true independent homeowner in a, in a city too. Right. So I, I think zoning's, massively contributed to this problem, which is I was looking at y'all's neighborhoods and, and Andrew's neighborhoods. And I, I love the the thought and the detail that you guys are putting in. You got, you know, a park over here. You got these uh, seven houses that are sharing a circle over here and everything. I'm like, you're, you're embedding community into the design. Yeah. Andrew, you're planning a church in your community. Is that right? That, uh, well, uh, not in phase one, yeah, but right. absolutely. But, but, like, so but the big picture is I happen one. to have a hill. Like it goes all the way up to a hill yeah. and I want to have a big stone church yeah. at the city top. On a hill. Is there right? a city church on a hill? In yours or or could be? There, there could be. We, we have central the, idea, area. the idea right now is like... We don't know exactly uh, every every spot, but there's like community center. I think we would want to do kind of a community center yeah. chapel okay. type deal, yeah. you know, that could be a church as yeah. well as just a meeting spot for the community. Yeah. And, I mean, I think that's, I mean, one of the things, I mean, medieval cities grew up around, around church, churches. Around church, I mean, right. that's why you go through all these old um, medieval cities in Europe and yeah. at the center of and town. And visual is a vocal, focal yeah. point, yeah. right? Yeah. Generally. And yeah. you see the, the, the pride that they put into it. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, there was a lot of politics throughout the, the Catholic church during, during sure. that time. But, but yeah. also, I mean, you just think about the, the guy that was the tradesman on, on Notre Dame that spent his entire life, yeah. you know, setting bricks at yeah. Notre Dame, literally his entire yeah. life. Yeah. And the, the passion that he probably had of like, this is like, I am doing a service to my God. Like right. this, this is, this is my, whatever 80 years of what, laying bricks or whatever, what, whatever, wow. you know, whatever it was, yeah. you know, he, 
they had passion about what they're doing. I think I think we need to renew that. I think also, Gabe, to your point, there's there are a lot of things in the city that are you know the the zoning and, and how it's built that I think we've expanded. As I was saying, the last eighty years, we we've expanded with this mindset that I think was right at the time, but we kind of realized like, man, there's a lot of flaws in how we how we grew this in our infrastructure and mm-hmm. and you know so. I would encourage Christians that are in the cities and, and this is a little bit to myself as well. It's like those zoning codes aren't, aren't gospel. They're, they're not as gospel as the gospel is, you know, mm-hmm. they, they can be changed. And we even saw the city of Moscow change that for us. It's a little simpler here, but I've been seeing more and more cities relaxing on those zoning codes and allowing yeah. mixed use and allowing these different things. And so yeah. I think as Christians, we need to go back in. That's where, that's where development comes in. It's like, right. look, let's go back and change the city. Let's change the things that are wrong with it. You yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. Don't just go into the woods and complain uh, about I, what I want to know what yeah. Knox thinks. Oh, I, I was going to end and let y'all finish. Yeah, that's what I was afraid of. Well, I think historically Christianity knows really good how to take over a city. Right. They've they've done some things really well. They have churches, they plant churches and they plant schools. Mm. And when they do that, then you have families. And I've watched Moscow and I've been thinking about this because I really have a heart for Minneapolis. Strategic and feasible is a very, very important rule. Right. Um, If you look at what um, Google is doing, Amazon is doing. Detroit is hot for them right now. Mm -hmm. You know why? Because it's cheap. For yeah. them right now, yeah, right, right. Yeah. Um, when worldviews turn to idolatry, the land becomes rancid and it gets cleansed, and the mm. land becomes very cheap. That's true. And so it's about to be very, very affordable for Christians <laughs> in San Francisco <laughs> uh, to find twelve blocks, yeah. buy yeah. the twelve blocks, plant your church, plant your school, find your twelve families yeah. on the whatever, and come in there and say, "All right, how we serve the Lord here in this twelve block radius, strategic yeah. and feasible." What can we be close to that has an effect? Okay, we're thinking mm-hmm. it's not built the way we want, but how do we have an effect on these 12 blocks? And how do we live in a community together that the light of gospel shines out on these 12 blocks? And I think that that's becoming a reality. We do this in a lot of ways throughout um, the culture of, of the world. Yeah. Christians take the gospel to places and they build stuff yeah. <laughs> with families I love and it. build schools and they have churches. And if you don't have those two things together, you're not going to be able to have the effect you, you need yeah, to have right. when with anything that's else right. in the culture. One of the things that Pastor Doug loves to say is authority comes to those who serve. Yep. Uh, authority flows to those who, who serve. And I think that's part of what I think the church has lost a sense of like, let, you see a need and you say, that's not how it should be. Well, then get busy. Go right. Why don't you volunteer? Yeah. Why don't you run for that office? Why don't you just criticize yeah. it? Yeah. Right. Like, the, I mean, yeah. authority flows yeah. to those who serve. You yeah. all are serving our community in yes. massive ways. And I think that God is giving you authority then yeah. in our community. And so That's you have right. mayors and city councils and city planners and stuff that are like thankful for the work that you're doing because they know that you're actually doing an incredibly important service to our community. And, and Christians, we need to keep growing in that and seeing opportunities. And you see something wrong, you see a problem. Well, There's about to be a lot of opportunities yeah, maybe, yeah. in maybe, a lot of big cities. Maybe God's <laughs> calling you to serve. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Uh, websites. Levi, what's your website that people uh, can go to? Woodburymosco.com. Woodburymosco.com. 
Um, probably Eddington Estates.com. Probably. Don't forget to join. Also, don't forget to join the Fight Laugh Feast pub. I'm yes. not going to read the whole ad, but yeah, basically, yeah. Um, that's the name of our app. And our app is kind of where all it's the central hub of everything we're doing. Yeah. Uh, you get all the shows, past shows, and so forth. But also, if you're a club member, pub member, uh, that's where you can watch This America someday. I will be able to watch Gabe, this got America. That uh, Gabe, you tasting the seasoning? Yeah. yeah. Someday. Um, and, and also our Rowdy Christian, what is it called? Rowdy Christian Guides. Sorry, it wasn't moving fast enough for me. <laughs> Highlighting the practical guides to fun and godly life. So go get the Fight, Laugh, Feast app today. It's brand new. The Pub TV. Brand new Pub TV. Head on over. Yeah. <laughs> All right. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have you some kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until next time, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politic. You doing all right over there, Gabe? Yeah, no. What, Matt? He's just sniffing cage. They're cheating a little bit. They're putting, they're putting a lot of brown sugar in there. Thank there. you, guys. You know, appreciate you guys. Yeah. I hope my son is gay. And I hope that Jesus forgives him just like he does the rest of us. Doug Wilson, Moscow minister and columnist with the Idahonian Daily News. The, the question that confronts us is what does it mean in a disobedient culture to be prophetic? There be a place for same-sex couples? Uh, no, no marriage. Even though it's the law of the land in the United States? Uh, just like Roe used to be. We want to turn the world upside down, and you don't turn the world upside down by being nice. I believe that we are in, in this polytheistic, pluralistic moment, and the desperate need of the hour is for our Christian leadership to say, Jesus is Lord, and there is no other. Fear no man.